Hi, this is David Key. At Quo, we've worked for the last 20 years with many of the world's best-known travel brands. During this unprecedented global crisis, our world of travel has changed, possibly irreversibly. This series will see us speak with many global leaders to understand how they see the future of travel. Ingo Schweder, friend, founder, chief executive officer of GOKO, welcome to the future of travel. Thank you, David. Glad to be here. It's an honor for us, as always, to, to be with you. And it's an honor for me in particular, because I think we're sitting, as we were just chatting before we started recording, at a moment which we will look back on in time to come, where we said, this is a moment of perhaps the greatest understanding or a greater understanding of how important wellness is to us as humanity. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, we are on crossroads and I think this pandemic actually gives us an opportunity. Uh, It's an opportunity to say everything is bad and negative or to say the glass is half full. I believe the glass is half full. And I think lots of good can can come out of this. I believe that um, due to the questions we are asking ourselves about immune efficiencies and hygiene, physical exercises, how to strengthen our bodies and our mind, a lot of consciousness um, has been uh, created, come to the forefront uh, of ourselves and will allow us to live a more meaningful life if we apply the learnings of and if we pick up the messages the situation is giving us right now. Do you think that society had gone so far in the wrong direction that it's going to be hard for, them to ch- it's going to be hard for society to change? Um, True change in any human being can only come if there is a, a very strong emotional eruption of some sort. Every psychologist has taught us this. So I believe that the eruption which has happened to our work and private life is dramatic. Uh, we cannot live, we cannot function as we were functioning before. Therefore, I believe our intelligence tells us that there are different ways of how to progress in life and how to uh, make applicable changes in order to inculcate the learnings of this time. And if we look at some of the learnings, if we, you know, I think we should talk about them. Um, Let's talk about nutrition. Uh, Most of us ate over the last few years in order to please our gums, to sizzle our palates, and to try the latest restaurant. While this is all good, the component and the reason why we are actually eating and what our body needs is a wide variety of nutrition. So I think our chefs will learn again to cook uh, with nutrition and the composition of food elements which are meaningful to us to feed ourselves in a meaningful, conscious manner in order to enrich our bodies with the right vitamins and minerals. Um, If you look at exercises, we don't need to be supermans or run 150 kilometers, bike 40 kilometers, and then run a marathon. What we need is 
an ongoing exercise regime which is meaningful and moderate in order to keep our strengths because all of that will help us to increase our immune effectiveness and combat all the illnesses. So therefore, I believe people will become again more conscious in the way how they live their lives. And I think that has application to design in the way how we live and what we look at and how we create our homes and what we do with our homes. I think it has applications on a lot of different levels. How much is are we going post the virus to be driven by science? Um, very good question. I think um, while many politicians right now don't um, want to believe in science, while uh, some do, some do, and the right ones do. Um, I believe uh, a scientific understanding and uh, a more analytical part of what is happening uh, with our bodies and our minds is uh, on the is on the forefront. And I can I can share with you elements uh, and 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 applications in the wellness hospitality business. The biggest growth there is about analyzing medically with diagnostic your state of your health. This can be done today through uh, saliva, through hair, through a small blood sample. But the story those small little samples can tell you is about where you are in your life, what is happening to the functions of your organs, uh, where are you um, in your overall well-being. There's a clear trend that people don't want to just partake in any more ordinary wellness services, but they want to be told, these are the issues you have, this is what you need to do in order to live better, feel better, and, 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 and be better for the future. That means prevention, and, and analysis and diagnostic of where you are in order to prevent any future illnesses will come to the forefront and not any more fluffy treatments and fluffy wellness regimes. And do you see these becoming ubiquitous? Do you see there being, we were talk, we've talked over the years of day spas, but day diagnostic centers in the middle of New York, in the middle of London, in, where, in the middle of cities, where these become as common as other shops are? Yes, I, I believe that the analytical diagnostic part um, the more uh, medically influenced uh, wellness regimes will grow dramatically. People want to know more about them and they will take their learnings from them and apply that to their life. And that's very easy done because the, the basics are what you eat and how you exercise and also how your mind is. I mean, we are right now very stressed. Uh, there's a lot of anxieties, uh, ease, ease of minds, uh, meditation movement. The number one app for a couple of years on uh, Apple was Calm. Uh, so clearly the buying behavior of downloading an app on one of the most uh, and biggest uh, platforms, uh, the Apple Store, uh, is driven by an app which talks about breathing and meditation. Because breathing and meditation helps you to calm your mind and reflect better and get more distance to yourself. Um, so it is already in the consciousness of society. If you look at the Forbes survey uh, two or three years ago, which analyzed how many of the 
Fortune 500 company CEO meditate, uh, it was over 80%. So there was again a message. Why do the leaders of industry do, do so? So I think there is a lot of applications, a lot of know-how out there, but it gets solidified right now, given the circumstances. So when we talk about the past, and, and, and as you know, I'm talking about the pre-virus is kind of an almost an ancient or uh, antique age, and the new normal as being the future. When we look at the this period that we're in right now, this is the accelerator, this is the catalyst, and you were saying it's not a trend, to significant behavioral evolution. Yes, I believe um, um, in, in, in some more philosophical ways, uh, this pandemic uh, has stopped us to go further in the wrong direction. Uh, it will uh, teach us ways and means, and it will remind us to live in more and better harmony uh, with our uh, wider world, with our nature of how we treat Mother Earth. I think it will give us, um, or it has given us, a very strong a reminder of what we should do in order to ensure that future generations um, can uh, enjoy the planet as much as uh, us and our parents. I think we were on the verge of uh, cannibalizing uh, many uh, uh, beautiful parts of our world. Uh, we, we, we digged for oil in Alaska where we should later take its place. Uh, we warmed up uh, the entire um, environment. Uh, we uh, polluted too many cities. So uh, it, it was it was necessary. It was it was good. And I look at this much more phil philosophical. Not only that there is a virus out there. I think that this is a reminder of going in the right direction. And I believe in the good of people. And I believe in the consciousness of people. And I believe they will do the right thing going going forward. You're optimistic. Uh, yes, I, I believe it is. I believe that if you're positive, and I'm very positive, that you also uh, then strive and, uh, and concentrate and focus your learning towards uh, a positive outcome. And I, and I have no reason to be negative. Uh, I just became daddy also, as you know. So I, 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 um, I want to be positive, and I, I believe uh, in the glass of full uh, philosophy. Likewise, likewise, and, and it's wonderful. Um, Ingo, let's talk to, let's, let's focus a little bit more and get a bit more specific on the wellness industry. Um, economically, the world is, is, is diving. As we all know, the recession is going to be great. Travel is going to be massively limited and it's going to take a very long time for it all to come back. How much is it affecting your industry? And do you feel that the wellness industry may, because of what we were just saying, come back faster, or will it take long? Will it? Will it? Will it take a long time? No, I believe the wellness industry is lucky in the sense of that it is on everybody's mind of what to do in order to remain healthy. Health is the biggest wealth, and I believe people have understood that health is the biggest wealth of what they can have. Um, 
I believe in terms of travel, it will be much more regional travel, which means also that the wellness regimes uh, in their respective spa and wellness facilities are going to be driven by, a con by the consumer needs of that particular region. Uh, it will not anymore be uh, so common that I'm sitting in London and I fly uh, to Thailand for uh, wellness treatments. I'm going to seek them uh, perhaps in Spain, which is a bit warmer, but I will seek them regionally. That means the demand patterns and the the wellness regimes will be applicable to the respective regions, but the broad trends um, and nutrition, diagnostic analysis, uh, hygiene standards and mindfulness uh, will be uh, the paramount drivers and all of that under the umbrella of, um, uh, of uh, prevention. How much do you see communities, wellness communities, growing as a function of the period that we're in now and as a function of the industry? A wellness community, wellness is, is not a, a one-week vacation or a one-week stay at a, mm. a resort. Wellness mm. is a way of life. Yeah. And how far are your clients um, and the concepts that you're creating engaging in a more holistic approach to the entire concept so that the consumers that come, come away with not just a plan and this is what you're going to do, but a community in which they can continue to experience and continue to engage? Um, wellness communities are ancient. They came back over the last few years. And funny enough, while we all had uh, a challenge in keeping certain uh, contracts and certain momentum up, uh, the large wellness communities we are engaged with uh, are continuously uh, being uh, worked on. Uh, we're working right now on wellness communities in in, in Thailand, in Norway, in Saudi Arabia, um, in Dubai, and they all continue um, uh, to move forward. Uh, people will, um, because of the present pandemic, again uh, um, uh, remember that living in a healthy environment where I have parks around the corner and not only be in concrete jungles where I can uh, have local grown food and not anything imported which was plucked weeks before and has not many nutrients anymore. I think all those concepts will uh, become much more paramount and people will enjoy being in an environment um, of, uh, of, of a wellness community to live there, reside there, retire there and uh, uh, have my family prosper. In terms of technology, and we were chatting about that before, and the impact that, that technology will have on wellness in the new world, does that include these kind of communities, whether it's app-driven or webinar-driven or other techno technological developments that will allow for communities to interact, discuss, engage, learn, etc.? How much is technology affecting the industry and think, how much more will it affect it now? I think the, the biggest impact on technology is the diagnostic analytical part because that can tell us, technology can only tell us uh, quickly, clean and through a lot of research 
where our body is, where our blood is, where our stool is, what is the health of our organs. So that will be the biggest impact. But in terms of communication, in terms of uh, technology helping us to create the kind of environments, uh, even the way how we harvest uh, uh, our, our food, uh, technology will be applied. But I believe and I hope actually that the technology um, um, applications which made us run like mouses in little cages uh, where uh, technology drove us uh, to a fast-paced lifestyle where we could barely breathe sometimes. I think that's where technology will take on a different shape and a different meaning. And I believe uh, this waking up at six o'clock in the morning and immediately uh, looking at all your emails um, uh, will uh, step aside for perhaps uh, breathing, doing some exercising and planning your day uh, prior to reading all your emails. I think there will be uh, different priorities which come into play or which should come into play in order to not be rattled by technology, but by using technology uh, for a meaningful purpose so that it enhances our life. And this leads to better mindset. And this leads to a more conscious, at ease mindset and not one which is, um, uh, which is uh, driven by anxieties and by, by, by a fickle mindset, by a decision-making, which is driven by technology instead of by, you know, use your gut and common sense. Uh, much of us, or often we refer to technology instead of listening inside, where the answer is really with us. And for example, listening to your own gut, uh, I think it's uh, one of the best barometers we can still use. And how much is that impacting your business and business in general? Let's get really micro now. Um, how much is all of what, all of this philosophical direction, it's, it's, it's fact, is happening? How much is now impacting business, impacting development? Is, is this going to, again, will the virus be a catalyst for massive change? Yeah. And in our company, uh, we will look very much, uh, we have actually the last year, year and a half already, looked into the entire realm of wellness community much more uh, enthusiastically and intensely than ever before. Uh, we're going to expand Glen Ivy in California into uh, a, a, a wellness community where we're only building 40% up of the entire land, keep the entire rest of the land into organic farm, uh, keep all the oranges and apples and everything which is there uh, untouched and uh, create a conscious uh, wellness community there. So that is very much in the making. Um, and then our other aim is uh, the wellness uh, community read, where we're going to put assets into a read, which then uh, manages those assets for third parties. So wellness communities are here to stay. They take center stage and they allow the application and the manifestation of all those learnings within the community in which we live. Um, that is what it is for us. And I believe, uh, given my age, 60 years, uh, that is the way how I plan out the last 10 years of my professional life to contribute uh, in, in those kind of arenas. Do you think, because of the reduced demand and hugely increased supply, 
and choice that consumers have fairly globally, that wellness will be a beneficiary of that in the short to medium term? Uh, I personally believe this, and this was confirmed to me by many different industry colleagues uh, within the wellness hospitality, but also in the larger development design um, uh, fields. Uh, wellness, because of we are in a health-related pandemic, so we have understood firsthand that if our health is not the best, that we will have issues. Therefore, I'm uh, very clear about that uh, wellness at large in its many forms and applications will benefit. Demographically, are you seeing shifts? Yes, uh, the, the, the younger ones will be the, the, the first ones, I think, which will um, uh, which take advantage of that because uh, they have a more robust health, they are more curious, uh, I believe the older generation will take some time to come out of their shell because they are clearly told through the experience which has been made that they are at greater risk. Therefore, I believe that the the younger, the the the, the thirty to fifty yes. year olds, yes, yeah. will will much faster uh, get back to a, a normal lifestyle than the older generation. Yeah, I mean it's it's very clear. It's very very clear to us. That the gener the the current generation, the gen generation Zs, are far more conscious of well-being, yes. conscious, caring for society, yes. caring for environment, caring for the well-being of society. Yeah. And it's interesting to the previous conversation we were just having. We should probably finish in a second. But how, if we're looking for a catalyst for a demographic catalyst? for the future of wellness, to your point on the uh, the younger generation, it may well be true. Yeah, I believe uh, the next generation, we are here to provide uh, the, the roads and the inroads and the direction for the younger generation. They are the ones who are uh, going to uh, contribute to the world. Uh, we have done our contribution at our age, um, and I think uh, they will they will uh, do the right thing. And if you look at um, uh, Greta, uh, this young Swedish lady. Greta Thunberg. Thunberg. I mean, it's incredible the, the, the awareness she has and the message she sends uh, and the people, how she takes them on. And it is really our uh, responsibility to make sure that that generation has a good life and has a Mother Earth, which is... Uh, which is healthy and in balance. And, and therefore, I think um, the uh, stock market-driven uh, attitude, the uh, get uh, rich uh, fast, this uh, I'm entitled to you know, do X, Y, Z, I think we, uh, again, become a bit more uh, uh, down-to-earth, a bit more rooted, and I think, we, uh, I think we're all going to become better citizens of this world. Ingo, my last question, and, and uh, we must keep it fairly short because we're, we're over time. But I see, and, and this is a little bit personal, but I see perhaps the next stage already moving into um, a, an improvement in wellness, driving more acceptance and a greater improvement in mental health and widening its appeal to democratizing, opening up, um, 
exposing people with with mental health, you know, simple, not necessarily complex mental health issues, but simple mental health issues, mm. which we probably all have, mm. um, and bringing that into the interface. Mm. Is, that, is, that, is that something you agree with? Yes, absolutely. The consciousness of what breathing and uh, meditation can do to you is not foreign anymore. People have embraced that and people discover more and more about it. And I think that's a wonderful wonderful thing of which I'm very grateful that that has happened in society at large. Ingo Schweder, founder, chief executive officer of Goko Hospitality. Thank you for being on The Future of Travel. Thank you, David. <laughs>